Lukhuta Sikha is Helik Tazayan, Parshava Eira Sikha Dalla, the summary of the Sikha. The Posik says, in regards to the Maka of Tzvardeya, the frogs, Aaron stretched out his hand over the river, and the, the Tzvardeya, the frog, came up and it covered the entire land of Mitzrayim. So Rashi quotes the word, the frog came up, and he explains, what do you mean, the frog? It was only one frog. And they were striking it, and then it spewed uh, swarms and swarms of frogs. What is Rashi trying to explain here? The question is simply, why does it say the frog in the singular? If many, many frogs have covered the entire Mitzrayim, how did one frog cover the entire Mitzrayim? So he explains that they were striking it, one frog came up, they were striking it, so it spewed many, many frogs. The Gemara and, and Medrash also ask, uh, address the same question, why Yatzvadeya says in singular. And over there, there are two answers, two different opinions. Rabbi Kiva said it was one frog, and that frog uh, spawned many frogs. It gave birth to many, many frogs, which filled the entire land of Mitzrayim. Rabbi Lezab and Azariah says it was one frog, to explain why it says Yatzvadeya, and that frog croaked and called out to all its friends, all the other frogs in the entire world, and they came to Mitzrayim, covering the entire country in frogs. So we have to understand, we know the principle that Hashem does not do a miracle for nothing, is something that lends itself to Pshutah to understanding the simple meaning of the Psukim. Even when Hashem creates a miracle, why does He have to do a miracle which is so mind-boggling when we find no reason why he had to do it that way. He could have done it in a much simpler or more naturally expressive way. So in this case, why does Rashi take another, not, he doesn't go according to Rabbi Kiva or Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer and Azariah. He says they were striking it and it spewed frogs. That's super miraculous. We never heard of such a thing, that a frog can spew other frogs. But... The other interpretations that they that this one frog spawned many frogs, in other words, gave birth to many frogs, is miraculous too. But birth is a natural phenomenon, so that's much more lends itself much more to explaining how it happened. Why does Rashi abandon that interpretation and goes for the supernatural one, the extremely supernatural one? And especially that it could have said like Rabbi Kiva, that it croaked. And it's true that a frog doesn't get heard around the world, but at least, you know, the word got passed or whatever it is, and they all came running. That lends itself more to Pshudra which is Rashi's method of interpretation. Then Rashi continues and he says, and the simple meaning of it is that the word Hatsvardeya doesn't describe the frogs, but the, the swarm of frogs. That's why it's written in the singular, that it describes the swarm of frogs. And so we also find Vatiya Kinam by the next Maka, the Kinim, that the Kinam, the word the Kinam means the crawling mass of lice. And that's why it's called Kinam rather than Kinim. And then he gives the French interpretation of the word the swarming, the, the, the not swarming, but the creeping mass of Kinim. And then he says also the, when the frog came up, can be interpreted in French as, and it gives the French word for similar to frogs, but like at a frog event, describing the swarm of frogs. 
So you have to understand, Rashi first gives a medrashic, miraculous interpretation, and then only he goes to the simple, to a more direct interpretation that it describes the swarm of frogs. He should be doing the opposite. The pshutai, what he himself calls the pshutai, he gives as the second explanation. The medrashic interpretation, which he himself admits is medrashic, he gives as the first interpretation. Rashi should usually go for the, the simple explanation. And if there's a problem that's created, then he can explain it, uh, at least with a medrash that lends itself somewhat to Pshutosh Mikra. But here it does the opposite. Also, you have to understand what Rash, why Rashi brings, when it talks about Svardeya and he describes it as a swarm of frogs, he has to bring support from the Kinan situation, that over there too it means a crawling mass. Because to say a swarm and call it Svardeya, the word swarm doesn't lend itself only to frog swarming. It's a word that describes all kinds of swarms, so why, of all kinds of animals. So why does the Torah describe the swarm as the word Svardeya? So that's why it's a complicated, it's a difficult interpretation of the word Svardeya to, see it mean, to say that it means a swarm. But then the question should be, what about Kinem? Over there too it's talking about a crawling mass which is described in a word similar to Kinim. So why there does Rashi not have the same problem? And he uses that as the support for this. Whereas when he describes that, he simply states it was the creeping mass of lice. He doesn't bring proof. He doesn't bring another interpretation because this one is complicated. What's the difference between the two? Some want to say that by the kinim, it doesn't say kinim, it uses a word which is neither multiple lice or one lice. The multiple lice would be kinim. One lice means kina. Here the Pasuk uses a completely different word, kinam, which is not a word that is, means either of those two. So therefore they say what this teaches us is that it's something completely different meaning it's describing the event of the kinim rather than one or many. Whereas by Tzvardeya, he uses the word which means frogs, which means a singular frog. So that's why it's much more complicated, and that's why Rashi lends him, he sees it as more smooth using kinam, and therefore uses that as a support that we can also say that in the case of Tzvardeya, it also means the swarm of frogs, even though he simply uses the word fritzfardeya. And that's why, because of this complication, Rashi finds it difficult that even though this describes what he considers the, sim- the meaning of the word fritzfardeya in a more simple way, but because it's so complicated, because why use a word which pertains to specifically frogs to describe a swarm? Therefore, he says that has to be the second shot. The first shot has to be the the one in which the word Svardeya means a singular frog, which is much, describes the word much better, even though it lends itself more to a miraculous and medrashic interpretation of the events. But that leaves another problem, which is Rashi has two ways of saying that something is the simple, direct meaning. One is Pshutoi. That's the simple meaning. The other one is Pshutoi Shalmikra, the simple meaning of the Pasuk. What is the difference between the two? When you say Shutashom Mikra, it means this, I'm interpreting this in this way because in the context of the Pasuk, it makes more sense. When he says Pshutta, it means this word 
lends itself more to this kind of interpretation. So pshutay shalmikra means the context is more pshutay, and pshutay means the word is more pshutay. What does it come out over here? The word to say that it's a swarm is leaves a, a difficulty with the meaning of the word. The although in the context it makes more sense. It was one. Uh, it was a swarm, and that's why the Torah doesn't say anything about hitting it and spawning, uh, spraying more frogs out of it. In the context, it makes more sense, but the word is more complicated. When so, then he should have said mikra, that the frog, the tsvardeya means the swarm. It's sat, but the way he says it, it makes it seem like the word tsvardeya, the word lends itself more to being a swarm when it's the opposite that the, complicates it the word is complicated to say that it means a swarm another great question Rashi already told us in Parsha Yishlach where it tells us about Yaakov sending a message to Esav he says I had, I acquired ox, donkey and the question is what, what do you mean ox? he had many oxen and many donkeys why does he call it ox and donkey? and Rashi says it's quite common that the uh, people use the collective noun ox to describe oxen, the entire species. So I have ox, I have uh, donkey, meaning I have many oxen and I have many donkeys. Why can't Rashi say the same thing over here? The, the frog came up means the many frogs, but you use the collective noun for frog just like over there. So as Mepharshim want to say that because we find ten times in these psukim, in the Makkah of uh, the frogs, the word Sfardi'im as written in multiple, in Loshan Rabin. Here is the only place where it says Tzfardeya. So the question is why Rashi is bothered by, why is it suddenly changed to the singular? And where you have to now interpret it in some way. Therefore we have to say, says Rashi, that the Torah is drawing our attention to something by telling us in the singular. That's why he says that it was a singular frog. That's why Rashi says as the first shot, it's telling us that it was a singular frog. Then how do you explain that it covered Mitzrayim? So he gives his explanation, it spewed many frogs. And that's why Rashi likes that interpretation better, because that explains why it's said in the singular. But according to the, uh, the second, what he calls Pshutai, why does he use the, suddenly the term swarm? which leaves us with a change from all the other, uh, the other appearances of the word Svardim, which is written in the multiple. And even though it's not a completely difficult uh, question, because over there he's simply talking about frogs. Here he's talking about the swarm came up. That's why he changes to, to the term swarm. But it's still a difficult uh, interpretation of the word swarm, as we said, and therefore... He uses the first one as a better, as a the more, the primary explanation, even though in the context it fits better with the second interpretation, that it means a swarm. But it still leaves, still leaves that question. What makes the second interpretation, that it's a swarm, more pshutai in explaining the word? It seems that it's only from the context that it's more pshutai, but not from the description of the word itself. So the explanation is, this is not the only thing that bothers Rashi is why is it written in the singular he also has another problem Hashem commanded Aaron 
stretch out your hand over the river and bring up the frogs. This is very different than all the other makas. Let's say by Arba it says, stretch out, he said to Moshe, stretch out your hand towards the heaven, Arba, for the sake of the locusts. In other words, to bring the locusts. It doesn't say bring up many locusts. And the same by all the makas. It doesn't say do so and so, bringing upon them so and so. Here he says, bringing upon them many frogs. That's fardim. What did Aaron actually do? He brought up one frog. Why did he not do what Hashem said? Bring up many frogs. That's why Rashi says as a first explanation. Explanation. Aaron brought up one frog, but, they, but when it was struck, it it split into many frogs. Matezes means the word matezes that Rashi used, which Ike said spawn, but it really means sprayed, sprinkled. Similar to when you strike water, it splashes, it sprays uh, much water. Not that new, new water is created because you struck the water. It's the water which sprays and splits into many droplets and so on. The same happened with Aaron. Hashem, he brought up one frog, but that one frog split into multiple millions and millions of frogs. Uh, you know, swarms and swarms of frogs, as Rashi puts it. But if you say the other two uh, interpretations that the Medrash says, that, first of all, that it called out to other frogs and they came, so then Aaron didn't do anything about that. He brought, brought one frog, and then they came. Or even if the one where it gave birth to, it spawned many frogs, that's still not Aaron's doing. That's the frog's doing. But if you say that he brought a frog, which if you strike it, it splits into many frogs, then Aaron did bring the many frogs upon the Egyptians. It's interesting that the word Vata'al Hatsvardeya lends itself to both of these interpretations, to both of these uh, meanings of what happened according to this first interpretation. One, one meaning of Vata'al Hatsvardeya means the frog came up, uh, which is the first part of it, Aaron brought up one frog. The second meaning of Vata'al Hatsvardeya means the frog brought up in Hebrew, the word vatal could mean also it brought up, which is the second part of the story that Aram brought up one, and then it brought up the rest of the frogs, because when they struck it, it spewed forth swarms and swarms of frogs. And that's why Rashi doesn't like that as the pshutai. That's why Rashi says this is not pshutai, because that means you're using the word vatal and interpreting it in two different ways in order to get the story. But Pshutosh Mikra, the word has to have one meaning, and that has to tell the story. That's why even though this lends itself and it works well, but it's not Pshutosh, it's not the simple meaning of the word vatal. And that's why Rashi chooses the other interpretation as the Pshutosh, because it's one meaning to the word. It was a swarm of frogs. And with all the complications of that explanation, but it is one meaning to the word. And that's Pshutai. The Rebbe takes from this a lesson, explains the inner dimension in the following way. There is two... When a person has the opportunity to start a mitzvah and then doesn't complete the mitzvah when he was able to, that's a serious problem. The Chachamim say that that should not be done. If you have the opportunity to complete the mitzvah, you should. <clears throat> if somebody, but on the other hand, 
if you know that you're not going to be able to complete the mitzvah. So you might say, well, maybe I won't start it at all. No. Moshe Rabbeinu uh, designated the three cities of refuge on his side of the Jordan because he couldn't cross over to the other side, even though later Yeshua would be the one to complete it by designating, designating the other three on the other side. And in fact, the first three weren't really affected because they didn't protect a murderer even until the other three were designated. So what he was doing was really not completing anything. Even the ones that he did, he didn't complete. But he said, I have the opportunity to start to do this, I'm going to do this. In other words, if you have an opportunity to start a mitzvah, even though you know you're not going to be able to complete it, at least start it. So this lends itself to these two uh, ways of looking at what happened there. To this, uh, the two interpretations. According to the first interpretation, Aaron was the one that started the mitzvah. He brought up the one frog, but it was through the striking of this frog that it did the rest, which is vatchas, to cover the land of Mitzrayim. He did what he could. According to the second interpretation, Aaron did the entire thing. He brought forth the swarm of frogs. He did the be- from the beginning till the end. He saw it through till the end. The lesson, of course, is that when a yid has an opportunity to, do, to see a thing through, that's the way you need to do it. If you start, let's say, teaching someone, don't, don't leave him hanging and let somebody else finish the job. You have to complete the teaching, make sure he understands it or she understands it well and thoroughly. Like Hashem said to Moshe, tosim make it as clear to them as if it was set on a table. But if, on the other hand, you, don't have, you know that you're not going to be able to complete it, and you might say, so what's the point of starting? No, you do whatever you can. Hashem will find a way to complete the job. In fact, when Hashem completes the job, then He completes it in a perfect way, as only He can. If I would have completed it, I'm a human. If Hashem completes it, He completes it to perfection.